Hi, I'm Karen Osborne, and this is Living in the Sandwich Zone, a place where each week we talk all things parenting, caregiving, juggling life, and reclaiming joy. Hey friends, welcome back to my last episode of Living in the Sandwich Zone, where I am podcasting as a practicing attorney. (laughs) Oh my me, it is so surreal that in less than 72 hours, I will be done. I will be completely finished with this chapter. And it has me reflecting on a lot. It's been, it's been a rough several weeks because I've just felt completely scattered and unproductive. And last night I woke up at 2 a.m. and started stressing and obsessing about untied loose ends and sent a bunch of emails, you know, and, you know, ah. So I, I don't know that... It will ever be done to my satisfaction, but um, the time just keeps ticking. So, yeah. So as I reflect on, as I reflect on the 29 almost years of doing this job, I think back to my first days law clerking for the public defender's office. And a lot of things come up. First of all, my introduction into the public defender's office was after I had taken the bar exam, and I was waiting for my results. And it's a really long span of time, at least it felt that way, where you take the bar in July, and then you have to wait till, at that time it was the week before Thanksgiving, which hello is right now where I'm recording this (laughs) Um, to get your results. And so I moved home to live rent free while I was waiting for my bar exam results. And I wanted to get some work experience. So I decided to call the Pasadena office of the public defender to see if I could law clerk with them. And the head deputy there at that time, who was my first boss, you know, called me in and there wasn't any formal clerking program at that time. And we had an interview and I wore my green suit. And he said, yes, you can start working. So I volunteered at the Pasadena office And I loved the people that worked for the PD's office. And it was in connecting with those people that I decided to apply for a job with the office when um, that opportunity came about. And the office was coming off of a hiring freeze. And so they had not hired in quite some time. So there was a pretty big class. In fact, a couple weeks ago on my Instagram, I posted a picture of our entering 
1994-1995 class of attorneys that joined the office on or around the same time that I did. And there were a lot of us. I mean, there were over 100 of us, I think. But, um, but my intro was in the Pasadena Public Defender's Office. And, and honestly, my experience there is much of the reason why I am able to retire today. And I will tell you two stories. First, when I joined the office, my mentor and friend, Art Leone, gave me some very sage advice about retirement planning. There were different plans that you could participate in either to contribute to your pension or to not contribute to the pension. And D was the contributing plan and plan E was the non-contributing plan. Now, I will say this, that fiscal management has never been my strong suit. So because Art Leone, and pardon my French, Art Leone said, Karen, D is dog shit, E is eat shit. Which would you prefer? <laughs> and for me, eating it was out of the question. So I opted for plan D, which was sort of a set it and forget it savings plan for retirement. So, and so I joined plan D and I contributed to my pension. <laughs> so that is reason number one, why I can retire. But number two, in December of 1994, I was clerking at the Pasadena Public Defender's Office and I was working in one of the arraignment courts. And that was before cell phones. I didn't have a cell phone. And I remember being in court and I was doing client interviews and helping the lawyers uh, run the calendar. And one of the secretaries came down to court and found me. And there had been an emergency. And that emergency was that my dad had had a heart attack. And so I remember being in court, getting that message, literally dropping absolutely everything and running out of the court building. And I drove directly to the hospital where my dad was. And my boss at the time, you know how I like to nickname everybody. My boss at the time, Ted, we lovingly called Le Grand Fromage, the big cheese, but it sounds much better in French. And he, uh, he heard what had happened. And when I say I dropped everything and ran, I did. So nobody knew anything. They just knew that Karen's dad was in the hospital and she left. And so there I am with my family at White Memorial Hospital in Los Angeles. And somebody comes and tells me I have a phone call. And it was Ted. And Ted had, I don't know how, I mean, maybe it's the power of our fabulous investigation team. Um, Ted had tracked me down. And he called to check in and to see how my dad was doing. And he said to me, Karen, family first. Always remember, 
family first. And those words stayed with me throughout my career, but resurfaced, especially in February of 2020, when Linny was in crisis. And I again dropped everything and left to take care of my family. So that thing with my dad is interesting because my dad at the time was not even 60 years old yet. He had his heart attack on his birthday in 1994. And so he was 59. And he ended up having heart bypass surgery in January, just shortly after that heart attack. But when he was, he was at work, and my dad is a retired cardiologist, and he was at work in the hospital when he started feeling the symptoms of this heart attack. And although he will, he will disagree, and he will say that this is not how the story went, Rumor has it that my dad, upon feeling the symptoms and knowing as a cardiologist what those symptoms were indicative of, kind of gave himself his own little stress test. And while having those symptoms, went up a flight of stairs to sort of just test and see how he was doing. He will tell you that didn't happen, but um, a lot of other people say it did. So he, in his infinite wisdom, And with his profound depth of knowledge of cardiology, um, that's how he responded when he himself started exhibiting symptoms of, you know, myocardial infarction. (laughs) So that, that started the health issues that my dad has had ever since, um, so ultimately years later in 2006 you know they say that bypass surgery it's like it's like it only has a certain lifespan um like there's there's a life expectancy of how long a new grafted vessel will hold up and the odds are that if you've had you know, a heart bypass surgery that around the 25 year mark, you may, you may experience some issues with your other vessels to your heart. At any rate, in 2006, it was right after Lenny was born. Lenny was born December of 2005. So when Lenny was about five months old, my dad found out that he needed to have repeat bypass surgery. And when he did have that bypass surgery, he was in the hospital recovering. And, you know, looking back, thankfully was in the hospital recovering when he ended up having a stroke. And so that he got very quick, immediate care and that really impacted him. And that was the reason why he ultimately 
had to retire from the practice of medicine. It wasn't a choice. If, if my dad had his druthers, he would still be working to this day, I'm sure. Um, but the impact of those health issues created circumstances that prevented him from doing his job. And he had to step away, not by choice, from the practice of medicine. So that's my, that's my example. That is the footprint that I'm trying not to follow in. I, I see in my life some of these patterns and circumstances that I am focused on shifting and changing. This is a season for me of chain breaking and change making. And so I know that for me, I don't want to keep working until I can't do it anymore. And I think that what has happened in my life, the circumstances that have boiled up have led me to this place where I see that I can't do my job the way that I want to do my job. And it has started to take a serious physical toll on me. And I know looking back on the example set by my dad, that if I don't do something about it, chances are my body will do something for me that really makes me have no choice but to step away. And as I've talked about a lot on this podcast, choice is a superpower. And so I want to make the choice while I still can. So here I am three days away from completing my career as a public defender. And I'm choosing to step away. And I'm choosing it because I I could see the writing on the wall that with everything going on in my life, I can no longer do this job and maintain my health and well-being. So that has led me to where I am right now. Now, talking about chain-breaking and change-making, I do think that me making this decision and everything that has led up to this decision, I do see me making this decision creating a ripple effect that is, you know, flowing out to my children. I feel like I look at Zach, my eldest, and he has observed in us, his parents, the way that we have related to work. And he has said as much as, I don't want to get on that hamster wheel. I don't want to just do the whole grind, 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 you know, get up, go to work, grind, 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 and do it all over again the next day. So I'm excited to see him pursuing his passion and taking chances and taking risks right now to create opportunity for himself. You know, Zach is um, really into videography and film and fashion and and he, even in high school, created little businesses 
with friends, he's always had this entrepreneurial drive. Um, he's created business opportunities. And so now as a sophomore in college, that is starting to take off. And he is using his skill set and his passion to do work that he loves and gets paid for. So I'm excited for that. Um, because I don't think that I, as a 19 year old would be out there, you know, like Zach will go and he, he went with a friend to a club that his friend was doing some, some promoting for. And he went to the space, saw the business and he called back and talked to the owner. It's like, Hey, I'm Zach Osborne and this is what I do. And after having a conversation about his videography services, you know, next thing you knew, he had lined himself up a job. So I love that um, to see to see my kids going after the things that light them up and that will hopefully also help to create an income stream for them so that they are doing work that doesn't feel like work and that is, you know, is is sustaining them financially and, you know, creatively and all of that. So, so that's cool to see. So I see with Zach that where I look back on my life and I see the fork in the road where I was tempted in college to pursue a career in theater. But the little voice inside my head was like, no, that's not reliable. You shouldn't do that. That's like, you know, the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I didn't. And I went the conservative, reliable, expected path of going to law school and becoming an attorney. And, and it has fulfilled me in many, many ways. So don't get me wrong. I have really grown as a person, as an advocate, as a lawyer in my career. I do, however, know that I also took that path because it was the quote unquote safe path to take. And even even in the years, you know, I think I've talked about on this podcast, even in the years after things kind of started to go south with this negative interaction with one of the managers, I saw myself looking at opportunities that were safe for me, like what was expected, like I considered and started to um, consider applying for a position as a judge and a commissioner of the Superior Court. And I remember I did the I did the commissioner application and I didn't even get an interview. And I feel like looking back, it's like I was doing that because I was grappling with the feelings about my career needing to change, but I wasn't willing to just step away and do something completely different because that felt too risky. So I didn't. And so after looking into becoming a commissioner and a judge and all of that, I realized that it's like, I didn't, I didn't want to do that because I was feeling called to do it. I wanted to do it because I wanted to change and I wanted to stop doing, I wanted to escape the feelings 
that I was having that were making me feel dissatisfied with my current role. And really like the dissatisfaction was more with the structure, the entity of the organization, not the substance of the work. I have always loved advocacy and lawyering and trial work and all of that. So I think that for me, I just, I see this pattern, this history, this example in myself of getting to the fork in the road and always going the well-traveled path, the path that's expected, the path that is safe. And, and now I'm at another fork in my road. Now, the other thing in terms of change making and chain breaking that I see bearing out with my kids is this, and I'm going to tell you this story. So one of the things that has become a real focus and priority in our family is self-care and well-being. And so at the end of, goodness, was it? I guess it was at the end of last school year, Lenny auditioned for and was cast in a production that was set to open the first weekend in November. And so there were rehearsals ongoing and things started to shift for Lenny where because of everything going on, there were two productions going on at the same time and lots of other factors playing into everything where Lenny recognized that this is just too much. This is too much for me. And so it struck a chord in me as a parent (laughs) and with my deep wiring. I remember telling Linz when, when Lenny was cast in both of the productions and they were kind of overlapping in terms of rehearsing schedules, I was like, Lenny, really take a look at what you have on your plate. And if it's too much, this was really, really, really early on. If it's too much, make that decision now. Don't wait till like the brink or the eve of the production and then say, I can't do it. So what happened is that time passed and things heated up and there were circumstances flaring that really brought to light for Linny that doing that production was going to be detrimental to their well-being. And so very shortly before that show was supposed to open, Linny said, I can't do it. And what came up for me was visceral. In my head, I was like, oh, I I talked to you about this. I told you, you know, make this decision early on. Don't string people along. And, you know, and we had this conversation where Linny, with great clarity, expressed that it had become very evident that continuing to do that production was going to be colossally detrimental to well-being and still with that clarity the narrative in my head was like can't you just get through it can't you just like you know power through 
suck it up, get through it and do it. Because I know that's what I would have done. That's what I would have done. Even if I knew that it was taking a toll on me personally, for the greater good, for the good of the whole, for everyone else's interest that was involved, I would have just kept going. So I see in my kids, and in this example, I see in Lenny, chain breaking, a willingness to change a way of being that I think for me has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. And Lenny expressed that to the cast and stepped back from that role. And it was a monumental example for me in self-care and the willingness to make a choice, to make a decision that may let other people down, that may piss off people, but to make the choice to prioritize personal well-being above all else. So that to me was a really, really big example. And I will say this, that in the weeks leading up to my retirement, I actually had an opportunity to put into practice this new way of being. (laughs) And that opportunity came to pass when our unit, our unit had a, um, a meeting. And, you know, one of the things in the public defender's office is that we're constantly operating in sort of a state of triage because there's so much going on. There is so much need. There are so many competing interests that we always are kind of operating at this high level of triage, trying to take care of everything in an emergent way. And so we have this meeting. It's like a two-hour virtual Microsoft Teams meeting. And one of the things that is shared with us is that there's, you know, a number of cases that need to be handled in a certain way before the end of the year. And they were explaining to us how that was going to happen, how that was going to roll out. And as I sat and I listened, first of all, (laughs) I was already having challenges in terms of just executing work at um, the level that I felt that I needed to be doing, which is why, hello, I'm retiring. Um, So as I listened to this meeting, (laughs) I am just struck by what is going to be a barrage of new cases that need immediate emergent work. And so I, I think old me would have just sucked it up and just carried on and said, okay, let me just see how I can get this done and power through until my last day. New me, after seeing the powerful modeling by my child, new me sent my boss an email. <laughs> and after the meeting, I sent my boss an email just saying, hey, um, I think it would be wise for us to have a conversation because I want to just let you know with transparency where I am and um, how this rollout uh, plan for these cases is going to be impacted by where I'm at. So I didn't get a call back. And the next day, 
there was an email that got sent out to the unit with an explanation of how these new cases were going to be assigned and, you know, the number of prospective cases that each lawyer was going to get and, and be responsible for. And so I decided that I was going to take a page out of Lenny's book and prioritize my own self-care. So I sent a follow-up email. And here is the, the gist of the email. Insert boss's name here. I know you may not have a chance to call me. If you are intending on assigning me cases in this triage rollout, know that I will not be available to handle them. I want to let you know this before you start assigning cases so that you don't assign a bunch to me that I will not get done. Given my current status, the only triage that is a priority for me is to support the well-being of my child. If that means I retire earlier or go on leave until my retirement date to make sure that I can fully be available for Lenny, that is what I intend to do. I do not want to give you any false expectations. I'm retiring because my child needs me. I figured I'd just tell you straight up so you don't have to do double work in assigning cases to me and then have to turn around and reassign them. Feel free to call me on my cell or Teams if you'd like. And that was the email that I sent because I was like, you know what? I am weeks away from leaving the office and things in terms of on the personal home front were in such a state that I knew that the priority was the well-being of my kid and and me being accessible and available to help my child and that to me again going back to le grand fromage ted's advice family first. Family first. Yeah. So I hit send on that email, which was really um, bold. It was really bold because that, that is definitely part of the new me. (laughs) That is not something the old me would have done. But there you have it. So I hit send on the email and I was like, you know what? I have used my voice to advocate for everybody in my life, for my clients, for my family, for my children. And now I'm going to use it for myself. And so that is, that is chain breaking. That is change that I am making for myself because I see that the old way of being no longer serves me, no longer serves me. And you know, even it's funny, even last night when I had that um, kind of abrupt awakening where I started doing work between 2 and 4.30 a.m., I realized that, you know, I had, I had struggled with my productivity during the day. And so I was making up for it. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, you know, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Fire me? I'm three days out from retirement. Yeah. So it's just, I see, I I see how I'm just seeing though, how these changes are flowing out. And then the choices and changes that I'm making are impacting my kids. And then they're making new and different choices. And in those choices, I see new priorities. I see the high regard for 
personal well-being. I see the desire to create a life that is loved, you know, doing what they love and making that the life's work. And so, so yeah, even though I am on the brink of stepping into the abyss of the unknown, I don't have a plan necessarily. I have ideas. I have, I have thoughts about things that I want to do in this lane change of mine, but I don't have a concrete plan. And so, so I think it is, you know, what is this? What is the, what is that, that quote about, you don't have to see the entire staircase you just have to take the first step. Well, so this is me taking my step and, and making the decision and making the choice to prioritize my own well-being, to not stay in a situation where my body breaks down to a point that I can't do it anymore. And instead, exercise my agency, my sovereignty to make a decision for my own best interest, for my own well-being, to walk away while I can still walk. So that's, you know, that's what's happening. And it's surreal. It is hard to believe. It is scary. It is exciting. It is um, so many things rolled into one. And it is, it is breaking a chain and making a choice to do things differently. So onward and upward, friends. Next time you hear from me, I won't be a practicing lawyer. (laughs) Ah, Until then, take good care. And please, please, please make a choice. And go out and do something that brings you joy. I'm Karen Osborne. Thanks for listening to this episode of Living in the Sandwich Zone. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, and share it with a friend. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, one of the best ways you can support me is rating and reviewing the podcast there. You can follow me on Instagram at karen.e.osborne. That's O-S-B-O-R-N-E. Or if you want to become an insider, a club sandwich member, click the link in the show notes and join my private Facebook group. Until next time, remember to add yourself to your caregiving list and take a moment today and do something that brings you joy.